We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the tweet machine. You can follow me at Mike Dugar. That is M-I-K-E-D-U-G-A-R. I'm verified, so don't worry if you didn't catch that. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at C-K-I-D-D-206, and that's C-Kidd-206. And Chris, it feels like the world is falling apart in Seahawks land. Like, if there's a little... Uh, area of Seahawks world like if it was a cartoon or something like that like it's it's bad there's a scene that describes that perfectly it's Spongebob the city is on fire Squidward and Spongebob are running around with their hands up screaming oh okay that, yeah, 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 you've yeah. seen the gift of it yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure you have or people listening I know what you're that. talking about yeah, 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 yeah there's just that little scene everything's going chaotic his pineapple's on fire and everybody's running around <laughs> screaming that's what's right. That's what it's like right now with the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's, it's not good, and a lot of it's not not a lot of it. I would say all of it has been created by Russell Wilson, and it's something we talked about last week with John Clayton. Uh, shout out to John for jumping on the show with us, um, but we didn't necessarily weigh in on you know because it had just happened. Yeah. Russ had just decided to set the world on fire. Going on, how many shows did he go on during Super Bowl week? He did uh, CBS one. Uh, he did um, he did the herd two. He did. Um, he did a Zoom with us after he won Walter Payton Man of the Year. That's three. He did the Dan Patrick Show. That's four. He went on Ellen. Ellen didn't even interview him, so I don't know if that counts. It was it was a brother. I don't know his name. Um, I don't know his name either, but it wasn't I, I, I watched it, though. Yeah, he was a fill-in. Okay, we'll uh, call it Ellen. five. Yeah, no, he de- they definitely did the show. I can't remember if they did. Oh, and they did a, uh, did a GQ interview. Six he's on interviews. A, he's on the cover of... I think the GQ interview might have been during the season. Um, okay, but we'll they, stick with five. Yeah, but... They definitely, he's definitely on a, a real deal press run here, and it's not just a normal press run. Like he's not just hawking uh, some product. I think him and Sierra got a, a fragrance uh, out right now, but they don't even. That's secondary. Damn all that. Yeah, Russ is like, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get these feelings off here. Like I am upset, and I know everyone's like uh, watched all of the things that he said. I've been tweeting them all and drinking a lot because I knew. I think it was after the Dan Patrick one, maybe, or maybe the CBS one. Um, or Jason Lockenforest tweet about how frustrated he is. I was like, this is going to be 
a long off season. Just because I know how this rumor thing goes, been in the business for a little bit now. I know how it works behind the scenes. And I think I've said this on the show, Chris, but I'm going to repeat this because this is very important here. We're going to talk a lot about Russell. We're going to talk about a lot about rumors and reports and feelings and behind the scenes stuff. The important thing to remember when this is, it's not about just Seattle either. It's about whether it's a report from the Eagles or the Cowboys or from a, uh, the NFL Network or ESPN or The Athletic. There's a there's two rules that I like to keep in mind when it comes to rumors and reports and all this other good junk. Either it's true or someone wants us to believe it is true. In either scenario, it is relevant. Whatever the it is, whether that's a tweet or an Instagram story or a report or whatever, like it's all relevant. And obviously, if it's true, you can understand why it's relevant. If someone wants us to believe it's true, that's relevant as well, because then you're talking about someone's agenda, whether that's uh, like what, what's the what's the phrase going on right now with uh, Russell's camp, whether it's a camp, whatever the hell that means, uh, whether it's your camp or whether it's a front office, whether that's a player whether that's an agent, there's always someone who wants us to think the thing is true. Maybe to shape public perception, maybe to create some pressure of either on a player or the organization or uh, on someone's representatives, whether they're trying to use some leverage. There's always someone with an agenda if it's not just out, out front true, right? Like that's those, those two things are always applicable in this game. I imagine it's the same thing like baseball and basketball too, um, but I don't know the, the behind the scenes moving and shaking in those sports as much as I know it in the NFL. It's either true or someone wants us to believe it is. And I think here, it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. And I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about all of this Russell stuff over the past like week and a half of as many people as I can get you know, to answer the damn phone around this time. Don't call anyone in Texas because I don't have power. You know, you see what's going on in Houston? Very bad. Unfortunate. Yeah, no, very bad. Um, but I've been I've been talking to a lot of people about this. The main thing I can gather, because we're going to do a story on this in The Athletic, I believe. That's why I haven't written anything on the site. But the main thing I can gather is things are bad. It doesn't look good. It, no, it, it, <laughs> exactly. Like, there is a tendency, though, and I have to start with that because, you know, Chris, you see it on, people, on t- people's timelines. I think Josina Anderson's tweet was a very good example. She tweeted, Russ isn't getting traded, according to a source, I think, or source is. And a lot of people responded to her tweet and was like, well, duh. Well, of course not. Like, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, no, I understand why Josina had to report that because things are not good in Seattle right now. I don't think it's like Russ on the verge of being traded bad, but there's definitely there's definitely fire with the smoke that Russell's putting out here. Because what has Russell said? Like really, like you parse through his words. He meant he admits to being frustrated um, on CBS when um, I don't know the host name that asked him the question, but they were like, "What happened in the second half?" Oh no, no, no. Um, they were referenced DK. What did DK say? They got, the teams figured us out. Yeah. Yep. So he got asked about that. The first thing Russell said was, well, yeah, we started running the ball more. And then he said some other things that made sense, but that was the first thing that came out. He's frustrated about his O-line. Um, they didn't adjust well in the second half. They ran the ball a lot more, and he cited that as a reason for the struggles. Like, there was – you can kind of catch Russell's drift a little bit, like where he's coming with all of this. And it's kind of like we talked about during the season where I made the analogy about the pizza. Yep. About uh, if you, uh, people who listen to the show probably know, but the pizza analogy was basically 
if there's three people in the room, everybody's hungry and they want to eat, like, all right, let's get pizza. Let's say Shadi wants this pizza. Russell wants this pizza. Pete wants this pizza. So now they're arguing about the flavor of the pizza they're going to get. They're arguing they want it from Domino's, Little Caesars, or Pizza Hut. And they're just arguing. Eventually, if someone orders pizza, they all eat. But let's say it's the pizza that Pete wants, right? And then that means Shadi and Russell are just in the corner, chewing, bitter, nothing to drink, mad that they got pineapples on their pizza, right, from, from Little Caesars or where does Little Caesars have pineapple with pizza? Yeah, of course they do. They do? Absolutely. Do you like pineapple on pizza? I sure do. There we go. Normal person. Thank you. That's a, if you don't like pineapples on pizza, you're tripping. But I think we're, we're what Russell is doing, like let's not even focus on whether he's right or wrong about like how many sacks are his fault or whatever because I think he's he's got that number in people's brains now. 394. How many times, Chris, you've heard 394 sacks in the last week? Way too many times, It's man. everywhere. Everyone is saying it. Brandon Marshall, Nick Wright, Colin Cowherd, Dan Patrick, Russell Wilson. Like, And then it gets rounded up. Now Russell's nearly been sacked 400 times in his career because 400 just sounds worse. Right? Like, that's it's it all seems intentional. Like, there's, there's something here, and it's, it speaks to the disconnect that we've been talking about on this show for a while. Like, I've been writing that I don't really care who the OC is, and I don't really – I'm not hype about the Shane Waldron thing. People are like, oh, Mike, no, he's going to – He's going to bring the Rams offense and we're going to be good. I'm like, I mean, maybe. I don't think that fixes the issue. That's just another dude who liked pizza another way. All he did was swap out Shoddy and bring another dude. Now, he, he we don't know Shane Waldron. No, he'd be like, let's order Thai food. And they just beat him up, <laughs> you know, that nobody eats. Like, that could be the problem, you know? Like, I don't think dropping him into this situation that is clearly bad. Like, I don't think we, or maybe just me personally, I didn't do a good job articulating how bad things were behind the scenes during the year with the pizza analogy. Like, I was trying to get across that what we're seeing on the field is a product of people not agreeing on how life should go. If everyone sits in the meeting rooms during the week and they're like, yo, we want to win, guys. All right, great. We can agree on that. All right, how are we going to get this done? Bunch of arguing. <laughs> and now you see it how that manifests itself in the offseason. All of these things that Russ is doing signal how bad things is anybody out there right now who's like nah this is this is nothing russ is just trying to you know use a little leverage uh, he's just trying to you know take the attention off of him and put it on the o-line no no this is real bad like this is like i think someone made the point i can't remember who it was that clearly russ has talked to pete and john about all the stuff he's saying publicly that makes sense he probably has but think about this if those conversations went well would Russ be on the Dan Patrick show talking about how frustrated he is and laughing about trade rumors and and looking all pissed at the Super Bowl as Tom Brady throws touchdown passes to Antonio Brown? I know that hurt. That had to hurt. Like as much as as much as Russ wants to be Tom and as bad as he wanted Antonio Brown to see both of them in the Super Bowl while he's dressed in a suit, sitting next to Goodell, looking pissed. Like that that all had to sting. Like it's all it's all adding up. Like, I don't, I think we, uh, like I said, maybe that's just on me, undersold it a little bit. But Chris, I can confidently say, and it's not necessarily according to like sources or whatever, it's as bad as it looks, too. Like, I know the national media can kind of take some things and run with it because Russ has been on PTI. They're talking about him on Highly Questionable Sports Center. First things first. We shout out everybody's show today because they're all talking about what's wrong with the Seahawks. Uh, we just watched, you just had me listen to that clip of Colin Cowherd yeah. from. Today. Was today? Was today? Yeah, yeah. Hours ago. Yeah, so, like, because he was sick, I think. I think Colin went to the hospital or something like that. So he missed it, and now he's back, and he's on. He's going to per uh, perpetuate this thing, too. Everyone's looking at the CEO from afar and being like, damn, what's going on over there? Um, 
And this is one of those few times where the national media, they, they write. No, like if they're looking like, oh, man, the sky is falling over there. No, it is. It is. It is. I don't think like no one's like cussing nobody out or nothing like going to blows or nothing. Or I don't think Russ is going to like not show up to work when they, if they have OTAs, you know, in, in, in person. I don't think they will. But let's say they do. Russ is going to be there and all that stuff. And he's going to take everything seriously. But like for Russ to basically come out on this tour and say, my O-line stinks and the organization ain't doing nothing about it. I'm very upset. Like that's a big deal for Russ. Russ don't even cuss. Like Russ don't even like Russ is as goody good two two shoes as you can be. That boy don't like he cuss. He don't party. Don't drink. Don't smoke. I've never even seen him really get angry, to be honest. Even when he said he was frustrated, you catch that on the Dan Patrick show. He said he was frustrated. He said it with a smile. Yeah. Why? Because Russ is smart. He knows that if he presents stuff a certain way, he's not gonna look like the disgruntled worker that he actually is. Cause I think it really adds up. Like if I ain't talked to Russ about any of this, but think about it. He's been getting, he's been getting his ass beat around <laughs> by a defensive lineman. Uh, Aaron he, Donald. Yeah. Just be <laughs> just whooping his butt every year. Um, he finally got to cook uh, for the first time. It lasted eight games <laughs> and Pete came in and was like, nah. And then the offense is as bad as it's ever really been under Russ and then and, and Russ ends up having his worst post uh, season game that he's ever had probably that or either the Packers game in 2014 but like basically Russ became the worst version of Russ after Russ was the best version of Russ I don't think that's all because Russ forgot how to play football I think that speaks to as we said during the year a divide behind the scenes it was hard to explain because I ain't behind the scenes and seen everything but I, I can just I can just tell like Pete and Russ, basically like Malcolm and Marie from that Netflix movie. They just back there beefing. Have you seen that yet? Man, you seen it? Tough to watch. Yeah, that is brutal. Just, yeah, everybody go watch Malcolm and Marie. That that line's gonna sound a lot I harder. Only, I can only imagine just a scene where Pete's like, "So you thought you was gonna go out there and throw for three hundred yards, and our defense is stinking up the joint, and we just gonna play close games that way? No, 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 no. We are going to run the football, control the clock." Limit turnovers and win in those type of matchups. I don't want to see 34-37. We win, gave up 400 yards on the defense. We're yeah. not doing it that way. Nope. We're going to play the game where we run the ball. Mm-hmm. Carson has 25 touches, a buck 30, two touchdowns, rush those for 172 yards, one touchdown, have a passer rating of, I don't know, 135, and we walk out of there with a W, 21-18. Yep. That's the type of football I want to see. And Russ, as Marie... No, 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 no. I think we can do it this way. You're going to make Pete the black guy? They're at some, I guess it, somebody's no, got to be something yeah, or not. Yeah, that's There's fine. only two characters in the whole film. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, what we're seeing with Russ is a red flag. I oh, remember, the reddest. I remember it's bad. when we first started the podcast, you were talking about panic mode. Is it time to hit the panic button? Yes. You oh, hell it. yeah. Yes. <clears throat> what panic. I, it come, I mean, we've had multiple guests on the show. Talk about the future of Russ because, sure, we all realize he's not getting traded tomorrow. That's we understand uh, that. No, no, I don't we think underst- it's going to get to that point. Yes, we understand that. But it's when his contract ends, that's where things get very interesting. Twenty twenty three, yeah, twenty twenty. That's where it's at this point. I could honestly say it would not shock me if Russ is not in a Seahawk uniform. What in twenty twenty three? Correct or beyond that? Beyond twenty twenty three. Oh, yeah. Going into twenty twenty four season, it would not. Be a shock at all if Russell Wilson is not rocking number three in the Seahawks uniform. Oh, I can take it a step further. I'd be surprised at this point if he was a Seahawks quarterback in 2022. 
that lets you know how serious this is. Yeah. Oh, and if yeah. you're listening thinking, really? It's about time the Seahawks look for a starting caliber quarterback, whether it be in the draft class, or you're looking around the league thinking, all right, this is when they're up for free agency. Who can we land to get this ship right? Or are they going to roll with Russ, make him happy, and say, all right, Pete, you've done a pretty damn good job, but we want to change things up now. That's where we're headed to at this point. It's kind of the decision, hey, you either are rocking with Russ or you're rocking with Pete. Yeah, there's but really there's, there's no middle right now. There's really there's gonna be a distinction right there. And I it's not looking good. No, it is. It's it's it, no, it's, it's, it's really not, good. not. And you just it's just unfortunate because Russ is really talented. And Pete oh, is, and Pete's a good coach too. Yeah. But you have two guys that are good at their perspective jobs that want to do things their way. You have two alphas. Correct. And they Correct. can't come to an agreement. Whereas if maybe it was a different head coach, and I'm not, I don't, maybe Andy Reid, right? Maybe Andy Reid would come to a conclusion. Well, I get it because Andy Reid, he throws the rock. His offense is, has, has adapted to the new age of how things are done and what teams are doing. You have a lot of fast receivers. You have talent there. You're going to use those weapons, whether it be jet sweeps, whether it be throwing bombs. You're going to do that. Pete is still in his own era of doing things his way, and he doesn't care what year we're in. We could be in 2040, and Pete's like, that's great. We're going to run the ball. It doesn't matter. I like what our offense can do and will do, and I think the offense will be successful in doing that. Yes, we have to revamp the old line, but we have to run better. He said at the end of the season, his goal next year is to run better, run more efficient. Those are those are his words. We're going to we got to run the ball better. After what we just saw the whole season as fans, journalists, you name it, what we just witnessed, he still is implementing the fact that running the ball is most important. And I can only imagine how Russell Wilson had felt when he heard those words, thinking, are you kidding me? You still want to stick to that? And at that point, Russell's probably one foot in, one foot out. Or maybe he has both feet out and he's just doing the right thing, saying all the right things, doing the press releases. But deep down, he's done. He's fed up. And as this, as this contract comes down to an end, we will see what really happens. And again, I don't think Russ is going to be in Seattle much longer. I really don't. It's tough for me to foresee Russ returning, signing a new deal with the Seahawks if Pete Carroll is still going to be manning the ship. If they bring in a new head coach and the philosophy isn't an issue, maybe Russ does stick around. But I don't see that happening. John Schneider and Pete have that relationship where Pete runs things. Snyder's like, cool, we're going to do it this way. I'm fine with it. He had, Schneider had an opportunity to go to Detroit. I know Detroit's not the greatest place to live, probably, but he didn't make the move. He stayed in Seattle. He's willing to work with Pete. He likes the relationship. They're going to work it out. But is that going to ultimately end with the Seahawks hoisting up a trophy again? That I don't know. And you asked a question, I think it was two weeks ago. Can the Seahawks make it to another Super Bowl in the next, what was it, three years, I think uh, you I gave, asked? I gave three options, I think. I okay. said, no, I gave four. It was A, next year. B, two to three years, C, four years or longer, and then D, never. And I forget the results of the poll. I no, think... no, it wasn't a poll. We, no, that did on... a poll. That was a poll. But you also asked on the podcast. I forget, oh. I forget who, what guest we had. It was two, three weeks ago. We had a guest on, and you asked that question to myself. Matter of fact, probably it, Ben Baldwin. It was, it was with Ben. You asked us. I'm starting to regret my, regret my answer because I said they will end up back in the Super Bowl in the next three years, and that would mean before Russ is out of town. I honestly don't know if that's the case. Unless Pete is willing to give it a shot again at letting Russ 
throw the ball more and let him have a little more freedom within the offense, I just don't see Russ sticking around for that because he's being held back. That's almost for the aspect of a coach in basketball. You're on the court. Mike, you're a three-point sniper. Hey, Mike, I only want you taking like three to five attempts a game. Excuse me? Like shooting is what I do. If, if I catch and there's no one on me, I'm pulling it. I don't care. If there's someone on me, I'm pulling it. Good shooters just going to keep shooting. It doesn't matter if they're two of ten. Steph Curry can be one of nine. Guess what he's going to keep doing? He's going to keep shooting. With Russell Wilson, he was throwing the ball damn well. He went through a stage where he was MVP of the league. We all witnessed it. Then he got, he got cold, and that's when everything changed. Pete went and told him, yeah, man, we got to have you tone down the threes. Like, I know you're a shooter, but... We're, we're losing. It doesn't matter. Russ is a shooter. Let him shoot. You don't stop him from shooting. You don't think, I don't think Coach Kerr is going up to Steph like, hey, man, we're, we're down 10. I need you to lay back on the threes. Like, I know you're a shooter, but at this point in the game, I need you to take a step back, get your teammates involved, and take less threes. Hell with that. Steve Kerr's like, yeah, keep shooting them, man. And if you got open teammates, find them. So I think even more important than. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because I think, I think here's the thing. Is Russ being held back by offensive philosophy? I do think so. But even if he wasn't, right, Russ believes that he is. Oh, the devil's advocate. I like what you did there. No, and not even devil's advocate, because I think perception is very important here to, like, how, like how Russ even got to this place. Um, it doesn't even matter if, I, if we agree that Russ um, is being held back by an offensive philosophy, um, because Russ thinks so. And that's the most important thing, right, because— you can win the way Pete's talking about. Like, I think the Ravens are going to be successful doing that. Like, they build but around... that's what their offense is predicated around. They don't have... Sorry to cut you off. They don't have the talent that Seahawks have. Continue. Well, no, the, they, they have more... They have, they have talent, but I think it's a, it's, a, it's a lack of execution where 
I don't think if you're if you're anyone if you're in Russ's camp, quote unquote, and you believe that Russ is being held back, I think what happened with Pete now is he has lost the benefit of the doubt. And here's here's what I mean by that. That's why I asked Russ in the Walter Payton press conference thing. I felt so bad for that PR lady. Actually, hey dude, guys, can pause. you keep the questions about? The yeah, Walter she Payton wanted us award? to. She emailed us about the Walter Payton Man of the Year thing and said, "Hey, let's keep the questions about that." I was on like Sunday, the day of the Super Bowl, I think, maybe the day before when he won the award. And then I, at the time, I was like, "That's yeah, fine." And then Russ, I think there was the reports from Lock and Four, and then he was on the Dan Patrick show. I was like, well, I just can't ask him about Seattle Children's right now because I just don't care. (laughs) Like, I need to ask him if he wants, if he's demanding a trade. Like, that's more important. But one of the things I asked him was, does he trust the Seahawks to build a contender? That, ah, man, I think, I think I have the answer. Oh, I do. He said, if you ask me about the trust factor of it all, I've always put my trust in the Seahawks trying to do whatever it takes to win. Hopefully that will continue. That's a key part. Part of it is how we go about the protection part of it and figuring those little things out like that. Um, I asked that because I don't think Russ trusts Pete to build a team around him. Like, I think Russ answered the question. I also think he just lied. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm very comfortable saying, Russ, hey, you lied. That's cool. But I think you did. I don't think he trusts him anymore. And with the more I thought about it, I was like, let me put my Russ hat on. Because I don't necessarily agree with everything Russ says or does. And I think he's putting way too much of the sack numbers on the O-line. Like, he's implying that that's tied to his O-line. When Russ plays a style of football that leads itself to a lot of sacks. That's just kind of how it is. Deshaun Watson is the same way. I think Andrew Luck was very similar. Guys who extend plays frequently lend themselves to that. Not to say that guys who extend plays can't also have good O-lines. Patrick Mahomes does. Yeah. Um, Big Ben frequently plays behind good Aaron old lines. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers too. Like all of these guys extend plays very well and play behind good old lines. So there obviously is something to what Russ is saying. But I do think like I can tell listening to Russ, he believes that he's being held back. And he thinks the people who are in charge ain't going to help. Because I think like... Because Pete runs it. That's and, the biggest exactly. thing. And now look, and, and here Russ, right? And I thought about this really hard when I was like, because I was like, man, Russ is kind of tripping, man. Like, you take a lot of sacks. And I looked at some of his old lines. And I was like, if I'm Russ, this is unacceptable. Like, if I'm Russ and in 2017 or I'm in a 2016 season, I tough it out because I remember he got hurt that year, week one. He, uh, I think he hurt his knee. I think he played the whole 2016 season with a bad knee. I think MCL, right? If I played a whole 2016 season with no run game, because remember, that's, Marshawn was retired that year. I got Alex Collins and whoever the hell else, like Fred Jackson and CJ Spiller and all these other dudes. It, Thomas Rawls. I got all these dudes and none of Troy Man Pope. And I'm tough it out on a bad knee. And then the next season, I'm supposed to enter the year with George Fent and Jermaine Effetti as my tackles. Remember, that was the plan in 2017. George Fent tore his ACL, and then they put Reese Odiambo out there. And Russ is running for his life. If Like, I think if I'm Russ, hell no. Nah. <laughs> like, not only are you guys not spending the money on the O-lines, you're not drafting well, and you're putting undrafted left tackles out there to protect me. They used to play power forward at Kentucky. Or where did George Fent go? Uh, Western Kentucky. Close like, enough. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's it's somewhere in there. Uh, like if, if from Russ's view, not to say Russ is right, from his view, nah, damn all that, right? And then what did he do in 2017? They had no run game. Lob fell apart. Russ led the league in touchdown passes, accounted for all but one of their offensive touchdowns that year. One of the greatest performances, right? And then the next year, who they draft in the O line and the, the next draft with Jamarco Jones in like the fifth round. 
come on, man. Not only are they not buying the guys that like you would want them to buy if you're Russ, then you're not even drafting the right dudes. Like for the most part, you're not even drafting the dudes to fit this run identity thing. Like when's the last time that like, Damian between between Russell Okung and Damian Lewis, how many good O linemen have the Seahawks drafted? Tough luck there, man. Uh I can't even. Like Justin Britt was a Pro Bowl alternate, I think, one year. Ethan Posick, he's been solid. But 20, well, Ethan Posick didn't even become a full time starter until his fourth year. So to not. Oh, they drafted Phil, Phil Haynes in 2019, 2019, who has not become. He's been hurt. A starter, yeah, like can't stay healthy, unfortunately. Yeah, so I, I, I what I had to do really when I listened to Russ's comments, I had to look at it from a Russ lens. Right or wrong, I don't. Again, this is I gotta stress this. I'm not. I don't care if Pete's way is the right way. I don't really care if Russ's way is the right way. The point is that Russ's thinks Russ's way is the right way, and he's fed the hell up with Pete's way, and that's where we're at. It doesn't really matter whose side this is. I um, there was a um, I can I, I'll say this. There was a player, player on the team currently. Uh, I was asking him about the Russ thing because I was like, "You seeing this?" And he was like, "Yeah, it's crazy." He was like, "You know what you should do? You should go through all of Russ's sacks." and uh, chart them and post the clips on Twitter, which one, you know, post all of them so we can see if he's holding the ball too long or if the O-line stinks, right? Uh, and I was like, I don't even necessarily care about whether he has a point. I care about the fact that he's willing to go on Dan Patrick and dog his O-line. That says a lot right there. Like, Dwayne Brown ain't got Twitter. <laughs> you know, like, Damian Lewis ain't got internet. Like they ain't got a phone, to be honest. Yeah, like, they don't got family. Because you know what it is? I think I've said this on a show before. These guys don't usually even see the stuff themselves. What they usually do is it's their cousins. Like, hey, bro, you see what Russ said about you? Man. Hey, bro, you see Russ said, y'all, is a real problem. Like, that's what happens. It's not, you know, or even if we say something or I, I tweet something or I have a story, what happens is the mom is the one Googling them on Twitter. Like, it's yeah. their mom. What are they saying about my son? Oh, hell no. Who is this? the athletic no no hell no that's what happens and it gets sent to the player so if the player recommended that to me it was like you should you should do that you know kind of like hold court to see if russ has a point i was like damn all that a russ is out here slamming his o-line that's just that's just not normal russ that's what i'm focused on and b what's rule number one at Pete carroll's system protect the team that's rule number one above all else media whatever whether you how your behavior outside of the facility, it's always protect the team. I think that's part of why they were so successful with the, uh, uh, no one having a positive coronavirus test. Because when that's already implemented, protect the team, well, yeah, that means protect the team. Don't go to no freaking concerts. Don't be flying out of town on the bye week. Stay in your house, your apartment, so we can protect the team, protect everyone from this virus. Like, legitimately protect us with your actions. Russ said, damn all that. I'm about to go out here and say my own line is bad. You know, I'm about to say that I want more say over personnel. You know what type of people ask for more say? The people who don't trust who has the say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Chris, I'm not going to ask for more control over the podcast if I trust how you're doing it. Yeah. If I say, hey, Chris, can I do the editing now? No, because that means I don't trust you editing. <laughs> if I'm out here like, hey, you know, I want more say over the over personnel. That means I don't trust who's already got the say over the personnel. Like I had to just kind of connect the dots in that way. And you think about it, it's not that hard to put together, but because Russ says it with a smile. You know, like Russ don't usually say he's not angry. He don't pout. It doesn't come off that like vicious. But when I'm like, oh, I thought about it, I was like, he went up here and said the O-line stink and he don't trust Pete. He sound a lot like Deshaun Watson sounded right now. Like, get me out of here. Yeah, get me, <laughs> get me out of here. So I think that's the most important thing to stress is that I don't really care whether Russ has a point. 
You know, I think he has some points. I think he's very wrong in other areas of this discussion. I think Pete has a point, like in your analogy about Steph. Yep. I think what Coach Kerr would do is say is give the ball to someone else, not because you're not hitting threes, like if he was turning it over. Yeah. Because that, that was Pete's problem in, with the Rams and Buffalo. But even then, he was turning you have it over. to realize who Russell is. Russ knows he's not playing well. And when Russ doesn't play well, he takes a step back and he usually bounces back. Unfortunately, it was about a three-week of just nastiness football from It Russ. was his worst stretch. I went but, back and looked. Worst stretch of his career from week happens. seven to week that, ten. I mean, no one's going to be perfect. And I that's when Pete needs to step up and realize, you know what, he's going to bounce back. So even if Russ, is, or not Russ, even if Steph is turning the ball over, Kurt doesn't need to say nothing to him. Kurt might just be like, hey, man, I know your, your head's right. We'll figure it out. And Steph's like, cool, because Steph knows what he's capable of doing. And that's the same with Russ. Russ knows what he's capable of doing. We've seen Russ at his best, and we've recently just seen what he can do at his worst. And what does he do? He finds a way to bounce back. Unfortunately, he hasn't. He didn't light up the league as if, as we all thought he would because Pete stepped in there. Well, yeah, that's the, he didn't, and that's where there's, there's a lot of layers to this. But I and I think really do think it's about Russ and Pete more than anything for the most part. But I do think Pete Pete has some valid cr- criticisms of Russ's style of play too. Like if I don't know if Pete like voices those to him, um, and I don't think Pete's necessarily obligated to give him personnel control. You can ask for that if you're Russ. And he can be like, no. <laughs> I'm the head coach. Yeah, I, I'm the head coach, the executive VP of football ops. I took this job and left USC because I, I they were going to give me power. Because, you know, at college football, if you're the college football coach, you are very powerful. You're the most powerful dude at the school for the most part, especially at a school where football is everything, as opposed to being at, like, Kansas. where like Yeah, Kansas or Duke where, or, you know, or Syracuse, where basketball is, is the, the thing, thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but in every other school... The football coach is the guy. Nick Saban is the most powerful person in the state of Alabama. You know, I'm sure. Like, well, maybe Steve not. Steve Sarkeesian but, you know, like, Texas. Yeah, like, you're very powerful. So Pete was only willing to take this job. Um, Nick Saban might not be, but you guys get the point. Uh, but anyway, Pete was willing to take this job in Seattle because he was like, well, am I going to be in charge of everything? And they were like, yeah, sure. Okay, cool. I'll come up there. Like, he's not about giving up no control. We joke about all the show, like, uh, all the time. I asked Pete, who, do you, who, you, who holds you accountable? He said, my kids. All uh, right, the podcast is over. <laughs> yeah, that means, that means nobody's holding you accountable, brother. You so, said your damn kids. Who like, are how do you children? think Russ feels about Oof. that part of it? Like, hey, Pete, who in the building holds you accountable? It's laughable, Oh, yeah, you know, my, my sons and John Snyder. It's laughable. What okay, kind of, okay, that, okay, so no one really then. <laughs> I don't know if I could be in business with someone that takes that takes things, that takes accountability from children that they raise. Well, even if, That's, even if it is the uh, just the kids, like, damn all that, even if he didn't say the kids, right? even if he just said John Snyder, Tater, he didn't name anybody who cuts his checks, right? Because usually who can hold you accountable the most? The people in charge who, who cut the checks, right? Those are the people. Pete didn't mention them. He didn't mention Jody Allen. He didn't mention anyone in the Allen family. You know, so he didn't mention anyone who is above him, right? He mentioned people below him. And ultimately, ain't nobody below you keeping you in check, right? Because you cut their checks, yeah. right? If we ask John Snyder who holds John Snyder accountable, you know what he's going to say? Pete freaking Carroll, <laughs> right? If we ask uh, Brandon Carroll's in Arizona now, but if we ask Nate Carroll, hey, Nate, who, who holds you accountable? Oh, my dad. Oh, right, right. Because dad, <laughs> dad cuts the freaking checks, right? So if you, now, now think about it. Now let's go back. Let's hop in Russ's mind again. Okay, well, I want better O-line. Well, uh, I don't trust this guy to find the O-line because I've been getting my ass beat for years. Hey, man, can I can I help pick the O-line? Nope. No. 
all right, man, what the hell? <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? I, I can't help pick him. You fire the OC that I liked. You The O-line stinks. This I is can't... the second OC that's fired that he probably liked. Yeah, he liked Bev, too. Um, they both had their issues, Bev, Shoddy. Like, no OC is perfect, right? But Russ liked them both, and they both got fired after they put the ball in Russ's hands at a high rate. So you, uh, you're putting – and they both they both got fired after Russ threw the most touchdowns he's ever thrown in, in that year. Like, in 2017, new career high, led the league. Bevel's gone. 2020, 40 touchdowns, career high. Shotty's gone, right? Like, this is a pattern here. So you got to look at it from Russ's view. I don't really care if Russ is right or has a point. I can see how we got here. We got here a lot of distrust. Russ is like, I'm tired of depending on you to get my legacy to where it needs to be. I'm trying to be where Tom Brady's at. And you, Mr. Pete Carroll, are out here drafting Ethan Posix and giving me Reese Odiambos, you know what I'm saying, and 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 bringing in B.J. Finney's who can't even pick up the playbook <laughs> in time to learn the damn the, the, the plays. So I can't, we can't use him. We gotta trade him. Uh, if you're Russ, and that's how you feel, just from a mental standpoint. Not to mention all the investing he's got to do physically to be able to be there every day. Like, imagine what you got to do if you're Russ physically just to be like, man, I know I'm going to get my ass smacked around, so let me make sure I'm heavier. You see, Russ is slower now, right? Yeah. But he's bigger, right? so he can... Take some of that, take those hits. Yeah, I know he tried to slim down a little bit, too, but basically, he's you know he's not the same guy because he knows I'm taking a lot of hits, right? He's part of that, too, but like in his mind, you can tell. Like and it's, again, I ain't talked to Russ about this. I can, I can, TV. yeah, I can see, yeah, I can see it. I really listen to what he's saying. I read what he's saying, and I put it together with how it's always been, you know, opposite of Pete. Like what did Pete say in his exit press conference? Uh, I'm cool with winning 17, 14, or something like that. Yeah. One of those press conferences toward the end of the year. What did Russ he come likes out winning ugly? In other yeah, words, yeah. What did Russ come out and say? Like four days later, he's like, "Look, we should try to, we should try to go out there and attack them early and try to score like twenty four points in the first half." Kind of like they did with the Jets. They oh. just blew them out. Oh, but wait a minute. Would you, your coach just said he's cool winning 17-14. Oh, but you want to score 24 points in the first half. Disconnect. Oh, yeah. Dis, you know, they don't have to go. They don't have to fight each other. Like They don't have to throw hands at the middle, you know, right there at Century Link Field or whatever the hell it's called now. Like, I can see right there. The loo. They can both say those things with a smile, but I can read those lines and understand that there's no way dudes who have those philosophical differences can get along in this way. When it doesn't sound like either person really, really wants to give the other one the benefit of the doubt. Especially, I don't think, this is where I do think Russ has a point. I don't think no one in the Seattle front office deserves the benefit of the doubt when it comes to picking O-linemen. Like, that's the that's probably the biggest problem in in Russ's career is his O-line. Like, he's, receivers have been kind of whatever. Running backs have been pretty solid uh, for the most part. He had a lull there in 2015-16, or 2016-17. But for the most part, O-line has been consistently bad. So why, if I'm Russ, do I trust Pete and John to fix it? Do you trust them to fix it this year? It's tough to say, but from their track record, no. Let's say let's say they they extend all the people they need to, and we'll get into that actually right uh, right here after this. But let's say they extend the people they need to to create thirty million dollars. Let's say you give Pete and John thirty million dollars, and they have four draft picks. Let's say they end up let's say by way of trades on draft day they hmm. end up with six. So you got $30 million, six draft picks. Do you think the O-line is going to be better in 2021? Don't, you don't have to name any names of the O-linemen, but just that's what I give you. I give you 30, 35 million bucks in free agent dollars to work with, not just on O-line, total. Um, I bring back KJ. So let's say the $30 million and I bring back KJ. We lose Shaq, we lose Chris Cars. Uh, and we don't bring back Ethan Posick. So you need a center, you need a left guard, and that's it. 
Do you got to fix your O-line? Do you trust them to do that? I give you I six do, draft picks and 30 mil. I do not trust them to do it based on track record, but at what point do they get it? I don't... That's the thing, and if and you're I'm Russ, tired of being why wait? Guy, I don't trust it. They have to show it, and they haven't. They haven't shown it. Their best acquisition was Brandon Shell on the O-line. He actually panned out, but he didn't stay healthy. Technically, I guess it didn't really work, did it? It was, like, decent for the dollars. But I think Russ is... That's the other thing. I think Russ is tired of bargain shopping. Like, like why, he's probably thinking... Like, a lot of people... This is the other thing. Russ is not thinking anything different than Seahawks Twitter. You know, yeah. what does Seahawks Twitter want every day? The most expensive lineman in free agency. I think last year it was, like, uh, it was... um. Was our man from Green Bay? I know you're talking about. I can't remember his name. Brian Balaga. Balaga, yep. And then uh, the other dude um, from Tennessee, who's Jack Conklin. Uh, where do those dudes go? Other teams. What's Russ do? Uh, he ends up playing behind like Chad Wheeler and Cedric uh, Bowie, and he's like, "Wait a minute, why? Why do I have to do this? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I shouldn't have to do this in year nine. <laughs> and he's like, "I don't want to do this in year 10. What uh, do you say to people that would say, hey, Mike, why don't they just restructure his contract, have him get paid later on, and see if they can get an offensive lineman? Well, see, that's the other thing. Why would Russ do that if in years that they have had money, they're bringing him Luke Jokels? They're bringing him Ode Abushis. They're bringing him 31 or whatever-year-old Ayupati's. Uh, uh, or whatever. And I probably had a good run there. He was solid for a little bit. But like, even if I'm Russ, I'm like, okay, cool, guys. Here's an extra nine mil from my contract. What good is that going to do if I don't trust you to spend it on the right people? Right? Like, if you're going to take that money and bring me, you know, and bring back, I'm trying to think of a, a of an old lineman people. All right. Let's say they have the extra nine mil, but you spend it on dude who play, was playing right tackle in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. I think his name is like Mike Remmers or something like that. If I'm Russ, if I don't trust you, to spend the money the right way, why the hell would I restructure my contract? Mm. No, just be better at your job or let me help you. And that's why he's asking them for more input. And they're like, no. It's like, well, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> Go I'm, out here and run around all day? Yeah, it's just like, no. The Super Bowl was a really good indication from Russ on two two fronts, I'm sure. I tweeted, I said, what do you guys think Russ's takeaway from the Super Bowl was? Um, and I got like 100 answers. A lot of them were very funny. Um, but... I think we can tell actually what his response was. He saw Patrick Mahomes and was like, see, guys, he's doing what I do every week. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing what I do every week. As soon as he snaps it and tries to go throw, he's getting hit in the mouth. He made some of the most crazy plays that weren't completions I've ever seen. It was the greatest incompletion I think I've ever seen. And he did it twice. Yeah, it was a couple, three times. One of them hit Tyreek Hill in the face. Yeah, catch that big throw. Yeah, come on, man. Anyway, but Russ is seeing, he's like, that's what I do every week. That's what I do. You see what happens? You see how hard it is? Even great Patrick Mahomes couldn't score a touchdown because he had no O-line. And then he's looking at Brady. You see that? See what happens when you do have an O-line? It doesn't matter if you're 57 years old, you'll Still be able to throw it. touchdowns. Right? Like I, I actually know now, listening to Russ after that, he let us know. And I think he's saying it through... I mean, he's, he's he's saying in like a coded way a little bit because he's a nice guy about it. But no, I can I can piece it together. I get I get what he's pissed about. And I'm with you, Chris. If you gave them thirty million dollars, let's say you have KJ, so you don't have to worry about like the linebacker spot. You need a corner, and you need actually that's it. Yeah, you yeah. just let you let Shaq walk, and I don't think you need to address any other position really expensively other than O line. So I give you thirty million bucks, six draft picks. Um, you're gonna have to trade back. So let's say those picks are. You know, instead of 56 or 55, you start with, like, pick 68. So no second-round pick is third and beyond. You get six of them. I don't expect him to get any good O-linemen in that. I don't. 
not anyone who's going to make the difference that needs to be. I'm not talking about dude who's like, okay. Like, I need someone who's like, if you're Changing wrestling, game. I need, uh, get, go find me a Quentin Nelson equivalent. Or, you know, go find Trent me. Williams for all Yeah, I go care. find me a good dude who's like going to be all pro. You know, go find me a stud. These other guys got studs on their old line. Like, I think, with like, look at Brady. Didn't they just draft that Tristan Wirfs dude or whatever? Um, and he's stud as a rookie. Like, obviously, it was a first-round pick, but... Like, go go find them. And I think because they haven't done that, even if Russ was to give them more money, if they had $50 million, like, do, how much money do you think it would, the Seahawks would need to have to go get the right linemen? Shouldn't take $50 million. You know, like, it, <laughs> you know, what I understand overpaying a free agency is a bad thing. Again, I'm just trying to, we're, we're putting our Russ hats on here to see why the quarterback is acting this way. Because this is very, this is not normal for him. He did it a little last year. We asked for the superstars. That was and stuff. that was phase one. We were now in yeah, phase. Yeah. There's four phases. We're in phase three. Yeah, he was putting them on notice last year. <laughs> like, hey man, can we run more up tempo? Can we get some superstars, please? And they were we'll like, get okay, you Jamal. Okay, here we'll get you a safety, and you know we'll uh, we'll draft a, a lineman on day two who was a very good player. Damian Lewis is good. Like, okay, well we're gonna run it back with uh, Ayu Potty, and we're gonna bring you uh, B.J. Finney, and then we're gonna bring in Brandon Shell, and that's how we're gonna run the O line. And it didn't work. By the end of the year, the O line was just as bad as it's ever been in Russ's in Russ's uh, career. And, again, I don't care if Russ has a point. He thinks he has a point. And what he thinks matters. Because if he wants out... By damn it, he's going to be out. I don't think... And this last thing on this before we get into uh, like how they can actually... Where they go from here. Russ isn't going to get traded because he, in that regard, he has zero leverage. Like, I know, like, this is the age of quarterback, like, empowerment kind of, where Desha- quarterbacks are trying to force them way out, like Deshaun's trying to, and Brady didn't kind of took control of his situation and things like that. Ultimately, the leverage is: Are you going to come to work or not? And he's coming to work. Like, let's let's uh here, let's let's role play real quick. I'll be. You want to be Pete or you want to be Russ? I'll be Pete. You want to be Pete? Okay. Um. Actually, no. I'll be I'll be Pete. I'll be Pete. Fine. Okay. You're Russ, and you want to trade? Let's do this. I'm out of here. I wanna I wanna trade. I'm waving my no trade clause. I want out. Uh well, Russ. Uh, I don't really want to trade you. I think you're a really valuable asset, and I think that if we got rid of you as our quarterback, we would have to rebuild. And um, the one thing I know about rebuilding is the guy who's there at the start of the rebuild usually ain't the guy there at the end. So <laughs> I usually don't. I don't want to do that. Okay. So that means I gotta suck this up and play, don't I? Uh well, let me ask you this, Russell. We have a training camp starting July 31st. Are you gonna be there? Yeah, I'll be there. All right, then no trade. All right, see you in the summer, brother. Have a good one. Tell Sierra I said hello. That's exactly how it's going to go. The rest of man's trade. There's no leverage because he he will never not show up to work. I can get, I bet my house. I don't have a house. I would bet my car. Uh, Your savings. Uh, yeah, whatever. Every, everything I own, everything I have to my name, that Russ is never going to get to a point where he's not showing up to work. And because he'll never get to that point, and the Seahawks know he'll never get to that point, no leverage. None. They can just act. He can act for a trade every day of the week. He can wake up and you know how he tweets a Bible verse. He can wake up every day and text Pete Carroll. I want to trade. I want to trade. I want to trade. Eventually, Pete's going to block him. But hmm. even if he doesn't, unless you're saying I'm not going to come to work, and even then you have to miss games. Imagine Russell missing games. What? No. No leverage at all. So that's why he won't get traded. I don't know if the dead cap hit and the money stuff. I don't think that necessarily matters a ton. It does matter, but money is. And the NFL cap space and dead cap hits are not like Jared Goff got traded. <laughs> if you were able to move that contract, you move anything. Like I'm very, very confident in that. So 
that's where I am on the trade thing. He has no leverage. The hourglass has been flipped. Uh, the yeah. sand is pouring down. Yeah, I think like we said, like you said, phase one was last year. The hourglass was last year. <laughs> oh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, he okay. turned it over and was like, okay, cool. We're gonna do the offense my way. Bet. Gave it eight games. Mm. How long have they been doing it Pete's way and not winning the Super Bowl? 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19? It's five years. He gave Russ's way eight games. Again, I don't care who has a point. If I look at this from the quarterback's perspective, hell nah. Why we got to give your way five years, we give my way eight games. Hmm. That's a little unfair. Does Pete have the right to do that? Absolutely. 100%. Again, he cuts the checks. <laughs> you know, can't nobody tell him nothing. But that's the problem. Can't nobody tell him nothing. Isn't that a song? Uh, yeah, kind of a song. Yeah. Mm. See, so now the question is, what do you do? Yeah, what 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 do they do? Because like every people are listening, probably wondering. Well, Mike, well, Chris, he's not getting traded. So what what happens now? Revamp the offensive line. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You got to. There's there's. I'm sure Shaquille Drif- Shaquille Griffin and um, the draft and KJ and to some extent probably Chris Carson. Those guys are all very high up on. What do you think they use? Like a spreadsheet or a vision board? Vision like board. They use a vision board. And the VMAC are probably all from home now, and they're all on Zoom. Hey, guys. Hey, John. Hey, everyone. Welcome. My name is Pete. This is how we're going to fix the team. Vision board. Top of the thing. Free agents. Let's go. Now, if they put the Dan Patrick show on the TV and see Russell. Like, all, all right, guys. <laughs> let's scrap all of this. Top of the vision board. O-line. Let's start with what we got. Dwayne Brown. Okay, we're good there. Um, Your potty. Uh, Mike Ayupati is a free agent. What do we want to do there, boys? Uh, okay, no? Okay, cool. Let's move that down from the vision board. Um, Ethan, Ethan Postick, what do we want to do with that, boys? Uh, you want to, you, okay, let's, 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 let's move him a little bit down, but not all the way out. Um, Damian Lewis, okay, cool. We good. We good there. I like him. Young dude. Going to improve. Reminds me actually a lot. He wears like a, a younger DJ Fluker. Uh, Brandon Shell, okay, decent. Um, but can we upgrade there? Yeah. Okay, cool. So we need to, we need to upgrade potentially... At three spots, boys. How can we do that? Well, we don't have any money, Pete. How are we going to get money? Great question. I have an answer. Matt Thomas, you're up. Matt Thomas is a salary cap guru. Um, I don't want to do the squeaky voice that people tell me Matt Thomas has because I hear Matt Thomas is not fond of me because I wrote that profile still uh, on him. To this day? I don't know if he still is, but I don't. Maybe, maybe not. I, but anyway, it's a great piece. All right, now I'm Matt Thomas. All right, Pete, uh, here's here, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to extend Bobby Wagner, add non-guaranteed years to his contract, uh, spread out the... Uh, add the money that he's due this year, turn it into a signing bonus, spread it out, lower his cap hit by, you know, seven, eight million. Didn't I write about this? I'm pretty sure I wrote about this. Hold on. Now I'm me again. I'm not Matt Thomas. I'm a lot taller now. Uh, I don't want to be... Oh, Matt Thomas is my height? I heard he was short. Yeah. That's just the... What I heard through the grapevine. Apparently, I was on a flight with Matt Thomas once. I had no idea that. But we're gonna ex- we're gonna extend Bobby, and we're gonna save about nine million dollars doing that. Cool. Thank you, Matt. Anything else? Well, yes, Pete. Yes, we're going to extend Carlos Dunlap. We're gonna add multiple years to his deal. Um, convert his salary from twenty twenty one into a signing bonus. Spread it out. So now his cap hit this year is probably only like $4 million, So he can save us about $10 bucks. Oh, great. We've just saved $19 million in 30 seconds. Keep going, Matt. Thank you, Pete. Uh, we're going to restructure Rush's deal, um, convert more of his money into a signing bonus, spread that out uh, as well. We're going to save about tw- $12 bucks there on the restructure. Great. 30 we're, plus. All we're right. We're up to, how much is it? Nine. 30 plus. Is that? Okay, yeah. cool. 
Um, we're gonna do. We're gonna. You know, Pete. We traded all that for Jamal Adams. We might as well give him a new contract. You're right. Cool. Let's extend him as well. Uh, how much can we save there at max? Well, probably about six, seven million. Great. So you're at thirty-seven. Million. Yeah, great. Okay. You know, Pete. Tyler Lockett's only got one year left on his deal, but he's only twenty-eight years old. Had his second straight thousand-yard, hundred-catch season. So let's. Uh, Let's uh, let's extend him as well. How much can we save there? Great question. It's about eight mil. We could say up to, if we, depending on the deal we give him. Um, Eighty-five any, mil. Any more? Uh, yeah, we could either extend uh, Dwayne Brown again, or we can extend Quandre Diggs. Either way, we're probably saving him anywhere from like four to five million bucks. So, roughly at fifty million dollars of savings. Well, what do you know? And we kept all our good players. Look at that. Now let's fix the O line, right? That, that should be how they start there. There's the vision board. Now we've saved a bunch of money. We just saved 40, 50 million bucks. We didn't get rid of nobody. And we necessarily didn't extend anyone we don't want long term. Mm. You know. And then the, the years on Bobby's deal are not guaranteed, so they'd have to work that out. But for the most part, everyone, Diggs, Lockett, Jamal, Russ, Carlos, like those are people you're going to keep around. And Carlos's deal could probably be restructured in a way that like you can get out from under it next year. Because remember, the cap is supposed to go back up. It's probably going to be about like 180 this year. And then in 2022, it might be like 220, right? So you're working with a lot more money. So pushing things out and basically charging everything to a 2021 credit card, it's the way to go. Well, now, Chris, we got to fix the O-line. Well, you got $50 million, so you have a lot of opportunity to revamp the offensive line. You can go get some pretty big names, or you can go with young guys that have shown talent but maybe had a few injuries. Pick up the litter. Go for it. So, And what they usually do is the latter. They usually go go for these projects. Like, hey, yeah, no, he, he tore his ACL three times with the Dolphins, but we're gonna fix him. Change it at this point. Go for someone. Go big or go home. Yeah, no, like go get someone that other people actually want. <laughs> Think of it this way: if you don't get someone that is good, you can just might as well book it that Russ is gone. How about that? Just just keep that in the back of your mind when you're doing this example as Pete Carroll, Mike. If you don't get someone that is great, you can already book it after 2023. Russ is no longer a Seahawk. So let's go through some guys. Cause shout out to our Shil Kapadia. Um, did a great he does a great job covering the league at large. He's he has come a long way from uh covering the Seahawks with us, you know, common folk over here in Seattle. <laughs> Shil didn't move to Philly. He didn't he didn't, you know, got a national gig. Good for Shil. He did his top fifty free agents for twenty twenty one. A uh, very good list. Um, really helps me catch up on the league. I mean, I read all the other people's stuff, but you know what I mean. Um, the top of his list in old lineman is Trent Williams, a tackle. Uh, they couldn't the Niners not might not be able to afford him. He had a very good year. He's I think he'll be thirty three um, next season if he's not mm-hmm. thirty three already. What do you think about that? There's an option. That is a heavy hitter. That is someone that can come in right off the bat and change things like that. The problem with that is only is that uh, he plays left. So it'd be it'd be tricky to get. You have to move him or Dwayne. Probably wouldn't want to do that. Trent that late in his career, you don't know. So even if they don't get him, you got dude from Washington. I don't know how to say his name. Be Scherf, Brandon Scherf, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> him, twenty nine years old, plays guard. You could didn't we say we could use a guard? Yeah, we he did. Say we could use a guard. Party. That's there for you go. sure. Corey Lindsley from the Packers, probably the best center in the league. Uh, first team All Pro. Probably going to be really expensive, but that's the type of guy Russ wants. He wants a dude who's going to be expensive so he can get stay off the ground. Um, Taylor Moulton, or however you say that dude's name, a tackle uh, from the from the uh, Panthers. From the Panthers, young guy too. Will he play right tackle? Hmm. Competition. Can we use an upgraded right tackle? Maybe. Huh. You don't say. 
uh, brother from the Patriots, uh, Joe. How you say that dude name? Dooney. Man, how come old linemen don't got names I can pronounce? Yeah, let's go with him. Um, I think he was on the franchise tag last year. Last year, decent dude, twenty eight years old. Don't we need a guard? Uh, yeah. Dude from the Steelers. Ala- oh man, you got this one. Alejandro Vill- Villanueva. Oh, that's that's the dude from like the army or whatever military. Knew, yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember him. Um, yeah. 33 years older will be at the start of the season. Never missed a game and is a two-time pro bowler. You got to take a risk at that. Um, Come on. If he's going to play on the right side, I think he's yes, traditionally. As you mentioned, Dwayne Brown on the left side. Still. Yeah. And then yeah, there's also um, uh, Daryl Williams from the Bills, who I believe played really well um, last year at right tackle, I think, for Buffalo. So what do you know? That's at least, what, that one, two, three, four, five, six. That was seven dudes right there that are going to have a market for sure. Like, you have to pay a penny for a pretty penny for them. But that's the point. Got to pay. That's what that's what your quarterback has been waiting for. It costs money to win Super Bowls. Yes. And, and if you're not going to be good at, well, that's the thing. If you're not going to be good at drafting O-linemen. Go buy them. Then you have to go buy them. <laughs> that's just that's just what it's come down to uh, for Seattle. She'll also mention some other names. And these are some names I agree with. Some names I don't think they should consider. Like, Shemaine Fetty's on here. No. Um, Cam Robinson in Jacksonville. He's pro- he's 25. He's probably not going to want to play anything but left tackle. You could bring back Okung, but he probably won't want to play on the right. Um, there's some guys on here uh, that, that are, that are going to be available. Alex Mack, the center from um, the Falcons. He's older dude, but... He's probably an upgrade there. Probably won't cost you a ton. Um, like, there are options out there that are going to cost money but could be worth it for the team. And I think uh, what we do, we had a really good project on Tuesday. All of our athletic writers got together and we wrote down all the guys who might be cap casualties for our respective teams. Basically, the team's going to cut them because they cost too much. Now, this is an estimate, and everyone on the list is not necessarily going to get cut. For example, I included Jaron Reed. And the Seahawks portion of it, I don't think they're going to cut Jay Reed, but they easily could if they wanted to save like nine million bucks, right? And even in that list, Chris, there's what I sent the list to you to was it probably like twenty old linemen at least, at least twenty possible dudes. Not all of them are going to be good. Some of them are probably trash. I think that Taylor Moten, uh, the right tackle from Carolina, like I think that's one you should. I think he's pretty young too. So like yeah, like in his upper twenties, twenty seven. Yeah, I think tw- yeah, Shield has him uh, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, go get that. Like, go upgrade that position. You can go ahead and keep Brandon Shell, cut him. I don't really care. Um, keep him. Uh, go get Taylor, and then they're probably not. Corey Lindsay's probably gonna get a bag. Like the Packers are probably gonna figure out a way to keep their All Pro um, center. Like, so I, I would scratch him from the list. But I mean, you could also, um, you know, go get go get my man from uh, from New England, uh, Thuney. Are we saying his name right? See, I'm not sure on the names and if that's right. But what's his first name, Mike? Joe. We should go with Joe. Okay. Call him Joe. I just want people to know who we're talking about. So spell the last name. T-H-U-N-E-Y. There it is. All right, cool. You go get that. You get a guard and you get a tackle. And you can still draft at those spots. Yes. Bring up a little backup. So even if you spend, let's say you spend $20 million total on those two dudes, just in terms of cap hits. So say their deals are a lot longer. Even if they're like 13, 14 million a year, you can structure it so that the cap hit is pushed out a little bit into like future years. Like I think Jay Reed was like that. I think Jay Reed signed a, uh, a two year, $23 million deal last year, but I think his cap hit was not like 11 and a half. It wasn't like split down the middle. I think it was like nine the first year. And then it went up to like 13 the second year. No, 
the math isn't right on that, but you guys know what I mean. There's a way to structure it so you can kind of delay some of the cap hits. But yeah, if they can get those, like go, go get those two dudes. Or let's say you get the you get Moten, and then damn, I don't even know if I'm saying him his name right. And then like on the on the cap casualty, you know, front, you go get the other dude he used to play for Carolina. Let's say that uh, I think his name is Trey Turner traded him from Carolina to Chargers. the Chargers yeah. in I think in the Russell Okung deal. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, so. And I think he yeah, he made like he started like half the games or something for the Chargers. Um, you know he's been good in the past. It's not like a Luke Jokel situation where like he was never good and Tom Cable convinces you he's gonna be good and then he's not good. It's a guy who actually has been good in the past. Very similar to I think Apati and J.R. Sweezy in that way. Two signings that for a while there did pan out. Like they have a history of being good. Like J.R. Sweezy, the J- I think J.R. Sweezy still is good, to be honest. Um like guys like that. Arizona. Yeah, so like you get you get another dude, like, you get a tackle and a guard, and, yeah, maybe you got to pay, you got to really shell out some dough, right? But the idea is, I just named two dudes who are, like, 27. The point is, it honestly doesn't matter, like, we can get into the specifics of the dudes, and it is fun to put some names out there so people can, you know, hear, like, okay, well, if they are going to fix it, who are the guys? Like, those are the dudes that are going to be out there, most likely, um, you know, on the market. And you got to go pay for these guys, because I can actually... Like I said, that's the part where I can feel Russell's coming from. The idea that, like, I no longer trust these guys. I mean, he probably has stopped trusting these guys after the Luke Jokel thing. Like, to, to be honest, like, his old lines were very bad when the when the team was actually good, you know, going to the Super Bowl. The old lines, they were expensive back then. I think the 2013 O-line was, like, the most expensive O-line in the league uh, at the time. Um, so, but after that, I'm pretty sure Russ was like, I'm still getting hit a lot. You yeah. know, so now I'm getting hit a lot. And we're not getting this far? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I'm, I'm not cool with that. So I don't think 2020 is the year that Russ got fed up with the quality of his O-lines. I bet you he's been fed up with this probably since that 20, that 2017 season was very bad. Like, Riso Diombo was a not good left tackle. He just was not. And they put him on IR, and they, Pete said he had two broken hands. So you got your old, your, your left tackle, who I don't think was ever a left tackle at Boise State. Um, either way, he had never played left tackle in the league. You got this dude playing left tackle, right? Not good at it. And we don't have a run game. Huh? And you just expect me to just be great every night? No, 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 no. I can see, even if Pete has a very good counter to that style of play, all that good stuff, I can see why the dude taking, it's a lot easier for us to say this stuff when we're not taking the hits. Right? That's that's the thing. We're not taking the hits or Bevel gets called, gets blamed for a play call that get, is great against the defense that they're calling and then it gets blown up because our left tackle stinks or it gets blown up because uh, Fletcher Cox is pushing Joey Hunt into the dirt, right? Like the, there's plenty of moments like that. And if I'm the guy taking the hits because of those situations, then yeah, I'm gonna get upset. Like, I feel Russ. I feel Pete, too, for the most part. Like I, like I said, there's no middle, I guess, in this feud between the two sides. I guess I'm technically in the middle. Um, I'm sure you probably are, too. Like, there are some rights and wrongs on both sides. That's probably why it's so bad. Like, again, going back to that Malcolm and Marie movie, oh, both of them thought they were right, which was at the real, 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 real heart of the issue. It wasn't like they were like, yeah, okay, agree to disagree. Like, they kind of did at the end a little bit, you got but not really. End? I'm proud of you. That was a great movie. I couldn't finish. End? It was just so the I don't want to get into it, but continue with your story. Huh, wow. No, we got to talk. Yeah, that was a great movie. But the point is that they never really like kumbaya right? It was more like a, let's just yell at each other until the movie's over. Um, 
it makes it sound bad. But movie's good. The point is that if that's what these guys are doing, I can see how they come to that. Because if you're Pete and you you have plenty of rebuttals to all the things that Russ is saying, yeah, you have plenty of things. Like, I, and I understand that. Like, one of what was one of the complaints early in Russ's career? The weapons aren't good. Well, what did we do? We gave like we went out and traded for an all pro tight end for you. Now that came with the expense of losing Max Unger, um, but like we brought you a weapon in Percy Harvin. Like, uh, we're we really always are trying to go in. Like we we lost. Um, George Fance, we brought you Dwayne Brown. Um, you know, we lost Malik McDowell in 2017, so we went and got Sheldon Richardson. Uh, we traded Frank Clark, but then we got you Jadavian Clowney. Did that work out? No. no. But we understood the process on that. I actually did like the process on that. Um, you know, like, we're trying to fix our defense. It's been trash, so we, we brought in Jamal Adams. Like, we're, we're trying. Like, there's always a sense of urgency with the team. So they are trying. They just, those moves in particular, some of them didn't pan out. But the idea is that, like, those moves, if I'm Pete, I'll be like, trust me. Like, if I'm Pete, I could definitely be like, look, man, I know you want more control. No. Um, but <laughs> trust what we're doing. We know how to do this. We're going to be okay. Like, when you did go to the Super Bowl as the quarterback and win it, it was an old line that we built, right, that we drafted. Guys that we brought in, the James Carpenters and Russell Okungs and uh, I think Justin Britt was on, the, the team that lost the Super Bowl. Like, we, you know, Giacomini we brought those guys in and they were expensive and we went like we can do that again russ trust us i was like are you sure though <laughs> yes because 394 hits man they hurt or sacks or whatever it is they're hits uh, they're sacks it's all of them it's, yeah it's, no it's, it's tough it, it, it is a lot and so like whether they get the guys we're talking about and there's a million dudes they could probably draft to the time is now the, like the the hourglass thing the hourglass um, is out. Like you said it flipped, it flipped over. Now they got time because Russ is still under contract to 2023, but they don't have a lot of time to not have a good old line. Like if they don't get to the Super Bowl, because let's say the defense is the problem next year. Like let's say the, they have the best offense in the league. Let's say basically like how it was the first half of the year. Okay. Um, and then um, it continues. So they get to let's say they get to the division around next year though, and they get into a shootout with. Give me an NFC team. Saints. Get into a shootout with the Saints, either at home or in New Orleans, and they lose. I wonder who the Saints quarterback would be. That'd be interesting. But for all intents and purposes, let's just talk about this imagined scenario. They get into a shootout with the Saints, and Russ scores 34, but Taysom Hill has the ball last, and they end up getting a field goal. They lose. Right? They lose 34 to 36. And then they have the number one offense. They're rolling. They, um, they're cooking. Russ is throwing it sixty percent of the time on early downs and stuff like that. I think that's that'll be like that won't cause an issue with Pete and Russ in that regard. You know, like let's say the O line's better, then I think they can buy more time. Like then I think he is a quarterback going forward, and it's not as bad. The hourglass don't run out, but they don't. They only got but one more time to have a bad O line, and I don't really know how Russ will act at that point. Like that point, it'll really like it's like baby toxic right now, and I say like baby toxic because I, I did look into this on the O-line front as well. I think the the reactions on the O-line side are split. Some of the guys are like, well, I mean, Russ has a point. You know, we do need to play better. Like, yeah. I, I get it. And some of them are like, hey, wait, wait. Why he tell everyone else we need to play better, though? Why couldn't he just tell us? Like, why did he need to go on Ellen and say we stink? My mom watches Ellen. Hmm. Now my mom know I stink because Russ is on there selling a fragrance and saying that I stink on Ellen. Come on, man. I know Ellen wasn't there, but like that that's part of the reaction process too. 
Like, it's one thing for us to be like, hey, man, this is the O-line group chat. Hi, my name is Russell. I need you guys all to play better. And they're like, you know what, Russ? We understand that. We're going to work on it. 2021, the marathon continues, yada, yada. It's another thing to be like, hey, no, my name is Russ. I'm on Ellen. I'm tired of getting hit because my O-line's boo-boo. That's <laughs> different. Yeah. That hurts. It does. Stings. And that's that. That's only going to go over well but so long. Because, I mean, when Russ was playing well and not saying a damn thing, the defense didn't like him. Remember that piece? Sherm and the other guys was like, wait a minute now. You too close to management. Like, we can't trust you. Pete doesn't hold you accountable. Tell the truth Monday don't even apply to you. It's lie to Russ Monday, really. <laughs> like, we not with that, right? And we see what that created in the, in the locker room behind the scenes. Now, now imagine when... It's those guys. It's 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 the dudes on the offense that don't rock with Russ in that way, Spe- specifically the guys up front. I say get your ass beat. <laughs> Go ask Geno Smith about that. Your teammates will punch you in the face. <laughs> yeah, no, I took a shot at him. It's cool. I'm I'm very comfortable doing that. But yeah, no, it's it's don't listen to anyone. Word of advice: anyone listen to the show right now. Don't listen to nobody who says this is nothing. Um, this will blow over. Russ, You're just, right. Just Russ be, will be gone. Yeah, just because <laughs> Russ ain't get. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Russ is going to blow his way out of town and be in Dallas. <laughs> Man. And call Jerry Jones and be like, hey, yo, what's up? You want to just swap? You want to yeah, do a tag for me? Let's you wanna do, do it. You want to do a sign and trade? You just you franchise tag Dak, send him over here. Seattle extends him so that way he can spread the money out, make the money work with Dak, and then Seahawks get Dak. Sure. Dallas gets Russell. <laughs> Who says no to that? Maybe see, hey, baby, be careful around here. Give him another battle line. They bring in some more Odea Bushies. Russ is gonna be having lunch with Jerry Jones in Vegas, and it's gonna be like, oh, you know, we just happen to both be staying at the Bellagio. Just coincidence. No, <laughs> no tampering here. You know, everyone loves Vegas. Like, nah, he, he better be careful. Told Jerry Jones, hey man, you want to win a Super Bowl? Come get me. Yeah, come get me. <laughs> yeah, the Russ is gonna be the next one on the on the come get me wagon. Cause Sierra likes it out here, you know. Cause that's the thing. If Russ is really the, at the point where he's the problem, and I say problem, and just like disrupting the locker room and the chemistry is gone and things like that. Pete and John are done. Cause like I said, when, if you start rebuilding, the people who start the rebuild don't last. Yeah. <laughs> Once they start rebuilding, by the time the team gets good again, you will be gone. Like that's just how this thing works. Like it's very rare to go. That's why I can, I'm pretty sure that's why Pete and John remember that year. They didn't want to say rebuild. They kept saying, uh, what was the other word? It wasn't rebuild. It was like re something. Restructure maybe? It was, was that? It was retool. They That's kept saying we're retooling this year. You know why? Because don't know why they want to be in a rebuild. People get fired during rebuilds. You start talking about the team is rebuilding. You trade Russ for a bunch of picks. Uh, you're gone. By the time those picks turn around, let's say they traded Russ for picks in 2020. Uh, let's say next year they whatever, and it, it, it gets worse next year. Let's say they trade Russ for picks in 2022, 2023, and 2024. By the time that 2023 dude is on the roster, Pete's gone. By the time, if he's not by then, by the time the 2024 dude's on the roster, you out of here. Because that's how it works in a rebuild. Right? That's just how it goes. Unless you somehow get the number one overall pick. But even then, they might fire you. Look at all the coaches in the last few years who have gotten the number one overall pick and been like the first year head coach. Jacksonville's going to have it with Urban this year. Cliff Kingsbury just had it um, with Kyler. What's the dude named uh, Cincinnati? Just, just drafted Joe Burrow. I can't remember their coach. It's a white dude. Anyway, Zach, that, Zach Taylor. Zach Thank Taylor, you. yes. Yeah. That's what it was. By the time you get the draft picks to build your quarterback, you're probably gone, and they bring in some young white dude to replace you, and then you're out the paint. 
And then the rebuild starts. That's why Pete never want to do that. So if Russ really wants to get out of here and is willing to do something about it, Pete's gone. John's gone. Y'all gone. That's how this is going to work. Like, it's very bad in Seattle. And I, 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 there will be a time I think we can go in even more detail about some other things that are really happening. But, like, on the surface, just just know that. Anyone who's out there like, no, I think this is just Russ, yada, yada. Or, nah, it's just, don't worry about it. He's not going nowhere. Like, it's all fine. Like, both things can be true. He's probably not going anywhere right now, but it's not fine. It's very, very, very bad. It's dangerous times. Dysfunctional times. How many other adjectives can we talk about? Dysfunctional, discombobulated, disgruntled. Uh, there's got to be some more adjectives. You got any more? I don't. No, it's 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 all of the things that you can think about. Like, what I usually um, when I'm out and about, you know, there's people asking about the Seahawks. Everybody wants to know something whenever they see me. Hey, Mike, what are they gonna do? Usually, I can't like I don't have good answers for this one. Like, my parents came over for Valentine's Day. I think my dad was like, "Yeah, so what's going on, Russ? Is this is it really is as bad as it?" And I was like, "Yeah, nah, Dad, it's bad." <laughs> I didn't even want to, you know, say, "Hey, pass, no sugar coated. Pass me the potatoes." Yeah, hey, oh, no, it's bad. Dad. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's. It's not. It's not good. It's, 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 it's to a point that I never thought we'd get to. Because, like I said in that, uh, remember that Wickersham article that uh, uh, Pete was so uh, Russ was. Dang it, my bad. Sherman was so upset in that ESPN article in 2017. That was because Russ was perceived to be too close to management. That article they called him a snitch. Yeah, it was the SI article that same year. Robert Klimko and Greg Bishop called Russ a snitch. Basically, they basically said we can't say anything as players because it's going to get back to Pete. That was at a place where Russ was basically like the golden boy, an extension of upper management. Here we are. How many years later is that? I don't want to count. Five? See, I didn't want to count. Let's go with that. Here we are. <laughs> I, watch me finesse this. Here we are all these years later. That's how you fix that. Here we are all these years later. And now Russ and Pete's the problem. Whew. What a difference that makes. That's what happens when you lose. <laughs> all this losing, it just didn't work. Like it, it, I guess even winning works too. I mean, Tom Brady and, and Belichick broke up, but this actually feels very similar to that. This feels like Tom Brady, Belichick, even though they won championships, they did what they Pete and six. Russ Yeah, they did what Pete and Russ want to do together and still couldn't get it right. That's what shows you how important relationships are in this business. That someone like Tom Brady could have all that success, six championships, and he's a superstar and he's living the life that all these other quarterbacks would want, including Russell. And he still wasn't happy enough and forced his way out of there or just left. Like, that's where we could get to with Seattle. It all has to come to an end eventually. And they all just don't ride off in the sunset. Right. And just like, look at Drew Brees' career. How many years did Drew Brees play in New Orleans? Like 15, 16? Long time. One championship? That's it. Sometimes it'd be like that. How long Aaron Rodgers been in Green Bay starting since 2007, 2008? How many times he won a Super Bowl? Once. Once. Mike McCarthy got out, out the paint. They got them out the paint. That's how it'd be like that. Ben, Big Ben and Mike Tomlin are on the same course. The Steelers don't fire coaches that often, so it might not be exactly the same, but one of them is going to go. And when the other one goes, it, it'll probably just be a ripple effect, And then, unless they get another quarterback. So if anybody asks you, tell them that Mike and Chris said, no, nah, man, this is really bad, and, real Russ, and Russ and Pete need to fix this. And we talked about some O-linemen they could get to fix it, and they could definitely uh, attack the draft, but they can't really afford to get this wrong. You don't have any room for error at no, this point. Because Russ is just going to add to that number. Like next year, if he takes 44 sacks, 
Like, whoa, whoa, guys, I've almost been hit 450 times in my career now. You're going to keep rounding up. He's going to keep getting more and more frustrated, and people in his camp are going to leak more of these frustrations. And then it's not going to be just regular leaks anymore. And then it's just going to be like, no, we want out. Like, today. Today. And then it'll get uglier and uglier from there. Because even if I know I said that Russ doesn't have leverage in that scenario, it could just be ugly. Like, when Deshaun Watson comes back to work, even if he doesn't get traded, I don't think he will, to be honest. Um, it's just going to be ugly. You just can't live like that in that building where it's toxic. Right now, this is toxic. This is like all of Drake's records. It's toxic. <laughs> Bunch of misogyny and toxic relationship behavior all up and through. They're more like a future yeah, album. I was going to say, you might want to throw in future. Now, Drake's albums are too. Like, he's getting drunk and he's calling his girl. Like, I'm just saying you could do better. It's like, you don't call no girl. You don't call your ex and say that. Jesus. That's how you get beat up. Well, like, if he's right, on, come she's on, not man. gonna be mad. She's yeah, like, no, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I wish my girl would get a call from her ex. He drunk as hell. It's like I'm just saying that Mike dude ain't it. Excuse me. <laughs> Google me. Hold man. on, yeah, <laughs> man. Drop the location. <laughs> we can handle this. <laughs> I don't know what you talking about. Yeah. So yeah, his his stuff is toxic too. But yeah, this is this is bad. This is the this is like a worse. This is like a nightmare scenario in Seattle because getting a quarterback is very hard. Yeah, Russ going to Seattle was a. Needle in the haystack. And everyone didn't even like that. If you go back and type in Russ's draft status, what everybody thought, I don't think a single Seahawks fan was excited to have him. No, like there was, I remember there was some people who were like. Some people, but the yeah, majority no. was like, who? Let's, gotta, do, let's do the Matt Flynn thing. Like, why did we take Russell if we just paid Matt Flynn? No, yep. I, I remember. I think I was in, I was in college. I was at YZ at the time. I remember yeah. um, how, how that went. And even like, I don't even know if everybody in the building was sold on Russ in that way. Because it's third round pick. Yeah. Right? Like, there's always going to be, I don't care who you are, right? I know this sounds crazy nine years later. The building is never usually in consensus on those guys later in the rounds. Like, I'm pretty sure everyone in Arizona was on board with Kyler Murray. I'm very sure they were that all of the Giants people were on board with Saquon and all the Rams people were on board with Aaron Donald and so on. Like those picks, it's very easy to get everyone in the building like on the same page. Like, hey, should we take JJ Watt? Yeah, probably. You know, like makes sense. Like everyone in Jacksonville is like, yeah, we should take Trevor Lawrence. Okay, cool. What are we going to do with our next pick? Like we got that one. Once you get to pick, uh, what pick was Russ? 75, I want to say. Once you get in the 70s, everyone got an opinion. Let's take this guy. Let's take this guy. Let's take this guy. Like, I'm not even sure everyone on, on that uh, was on the same accord there. I don't know who was where on that. But, like, we don't even know if it started off all in. Now we're at this point. It's like, well, we know it's not – they're not compatible right now. And they probably never have been. But I bet you Russ and Pete could get along early in those years, A, because Russ was on a rookie deal. But, B, he was at the time legitimately best suited for an offense that was Pete's way. We got a generational talent at running back. We got the best defense in the league. Hand the ball off, kid. Yeah, let's run it. You know, our receivers ain't great. They're okay. Um, in 2013, it was what? Pers- it was, yeah, Doug went off. Don't, no one tell Doug I said that. But uh, <laughs> it was, it was uh, Doug, Percy, who none, none of them liked. Um, Jermaine and Golden Tate, which is solid. Solid unit. Solid, but not like outstanding. Let's run it. Like, everyone could kind of get on board with that. But I would say after probably about, like, 2015-ish, that was probably uh, for Russ's camp and, honestly, for a lot of fans, myself included, because I was just kind of, like, a fan at that point. I was like, they should be throwing it now. Like, that should be... You've graduated. Yeah, like, now you can do the thing. Like, you're you're ready to do that. 
You know, like that's kind of the, the next step Josh Allen took this last year. Because earlier in Josh Allen's career, I was like, they need to be running him. You know, treat him like, you know, a black quarterback. Do all the gadget plays. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. But now Josh is like, no, I can throw. I can throw. And it was like, are you sure? He was like, yeah. And then he went out and dominated. Yeah, he balled out. <laughs> him and like, Stephon Diggs. Yeah, Russ hit that point a little later in his career, which makes sense because he was a later pick than Josh. Uh, now that Russ is there, though, he ain't trying to hear this run the rock stuff. And we talked about how much we disagree with Pete's view of doing that. I think the final thing that I'll say about it is Russ has agreed with us the whole time, I think. He's agreed with us the whole time, and we just couldn't really see it. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, Russ. We yeah, appreciate thank it, man. You. Yeah, sir, we got to get you on here, Russ. Um, man. Your wife can come on here, too, if you want. You find a couple things. You can sell the fragrance. We'll take some free samples of it. It's cool. Um, yeah, yep. But I think Russ has agreed with us and, like, Seahawks Twitter and the world. He's agreed with everyone the whole time. Now he's just letting us know. And he's letting Pete know. Mm. And if Pete ain't going to do nothing about it, then we're going to keep getting photoshops of Deshaun Watson and <laughs> Seahawks jerseys sent into my Instagram DMs. <laughs> well, it works on the Madden be. trade machine. There it is. Does it? Yeah. You remember I, we were on the FaceTime with, the, with all the homies, and I, I should have sent a screenshot of the trade, and the only thing you said that would... You know, Russ have to wave it, of course. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah, Russ is, Yeah, because I don't, I don't think Russ in Houston makes a lot of sense for Russ's career. I mean, hell, they just traded. They just let go of JJ Watt. So yeah. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> getting worse in Houston. They are rebuilding in Houston, right? Like that's that's not going to work. But that's why I said a team like Dallas makes sense. Dallas is not rebuilding. Well, let me turn on this Madden and uh, give it a shot. I'm sure it'll work. I think it could work if you, if if a I think Dak has to want to come here. Think Dak would mind? Yeah, if he's getting paid, I'm pretty sure he doesn't mind. It's a winning organization for the most part. So you would need Dak to sign the tag, agree to get traded, pretty much, and then Russ would be like, "Okay, yeah, I'll go to Dallas. That's cool. I get to be a star." Because there's no, there's nothing like being the uh, quarterback of the Cowboys. It's the ultimate. It's America's team, baby. Yeah, it's the ultimate job. Um, so you get to be the quarterback of the Cowboys. He still gets the bag. He gets to play for a team that's got weapons. Good market. They got to fix their O-line a little bit, too. Um, but at least they've been able to do it before. Well, you got Ezekiel Elliott, so shoot. No, nah, they, they, they need O-line. No, they need, <laughs> they've had good O-lines, though, so they can do it. They're, Jerry's proven he can get you an O-line. Like, he got Dak an O-line. So he got, you got weapons. You probably had you got Gallup and CD and... Uh, what's the other Mark Cooper? Name? Yeah, like you got you got talent there. You know, a uh, good tight end over there too. So, I could see that working. And then if you're from Seattle's view, you're like, cool. We don't want to rebuild, so we don't want a million picks because, like, for all the reasons I outlined, but we'll take Dak. Dak's like a top seven, top ten. There it is. Yeah, a little higher though. Probably seven. Probably top seven quarterback in in the league, and he's younger than Russ too. Uh, so, the upside's there. I, who says no to that deal? I don't think I don't think Jerry Jones says no to having Russell Wilson. Do you? No. No. Hey, we'll come get you, Dak. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that deal is gonna happen. No, but I think we won't. could get to that. I think that's the only deal on the table that makes sense for both teams. Oh man, I think our big our Ben Baldwin episode was kind of doom and gloom. This one just nails it. Down. But I think it's really important for people because I do see some people dismissing. Like I saw on Josina's tweet, that was really where I was like. Man, people think this ain't real? People think this ain't a problem? Just because he's not getting traded doesn't mean it's all good. Um, it's not. It's not good. I've talked to too many people over the last, like, I guess it's like seven days now to realize, it. no, it is It is. It is as dark and doom and gloom as it looks. We're not. I'm not overselling it to kind of scare you guys. I'm, I'm giving you guys the real so that you can read between the lines of some of these press conferences and, and these reported leaks and rumors and all that, like, 
no, it's like I said, I close it out just like I started the show. Either it's true, or someone wants us to think it's true. Either way, it is relevant. And I guess in this case, either way, it is bad news for the Seahawks. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.